Welcome to Dynasty for the Every, the Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast through the eyes of your run-of-the-mill fantasy football fan. I'm your host, Nathaniel Broughton. You can find me on Twitter at Nathaniel Bro, but don't follow me expecting a lot of content. I'm not pushing out articles or hot takes. I'm on Twitter for interaction. So if you want to talk Dynasty player values, Dynasty strategies, or just boast about a sweet trade you just pulled off in your Dynasty League, send me a message on Twitter. That's what I'm all about, interacting with Dynasty fantasy football fans. Tonight we are joined by my good high school buddy, Josh Hewitt. Uh, We grew up uh, in my old farm town, Durand, Illinois, together, and uh, he had a, a family fantasy football league that he would kind of manage for us. And so when I got into Dynasty, I wanted him to, to enjoy it as well. So he's going to join us tonight to talk, talk about his experience. And we're in a, we're in a league together right now, actually, um, that is in undergoing its rookie draft. And pretty excited about I had the second overall pick, which I took from Josh in a trade. Um, so thank you for that, Josh. So welcome to the welcome to the show, Dynasty for Every. Josh, how are you doing tonight? Great, man. How are you? Thanks, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, it's a it's an exciting time in in rookie draft season. I'm actually currently in three rookie drafts, wow. um, which is pretty crazy. And that's a lot to manage at one time, I would imagine. Well, in two of them. I went all in for winning last year, and so I didn't have a lot of picks. That's awesome. But it's still kind of fun to see, you know, what, what players are going, and then that yeah, for sure. lets you predict what your other draft might be like. So it's not been too too much. I do wish a couple of them were later in May or June. Everyone wants to do them, like, right away. So that's kind of how it goes. Yeah, I hear you, man. Well, Josh, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit of what it was like for you? I think, is this year two of being in the league or year three? This is, this will be the, my. Okay. Yep. So tell us what it was yeah. like when you first joined Dynasty. This is the super flex league for everyone to know. That means that there's an option of starting a second quarterback. It's a 10 team league, PPR, super flex. And it's got a heavy scoring weighted towards running backs. You get one point for every five rushing yards so it's it's really heavy for running backs which is also a challenge so yeah what was it like for you coming into this league and into dynasty in general yeah so i've i've been playing fantasy football for quite a few years and uh always been redraft leagues and you uh talked to me a couple years ago about joining a dynasty league and i was like i've heard about him didn't really know a ton about him but it's something i was i was wanted to try and so i said sure and um, I got the draft information and, and being that it was a free league, even though, you know, I'm, I'm competitive, just like I know you are. Um, I didn't need the monetary thing to, to, you know, try hard and try to do a good job. But at the same time, I was like, that's ah, a free league. I'm not going to spend hours, uh, you know, planning for this draft and getting prepared. And, and I realized after the draft that I'd made a pretty big mistake by not preparing properly because well, first of all, I didn't pay attention to the uh, like the scoring format. Like you were just saying, it's you know scored heavily towards running backs. And looking back at my at my draft, I I think I drafted really well uh, with wide receivers, and I, I can't remember who I had at running back, but I was very weak at running back. I had no depth at all. Yeah. And so from the start, I I was kind of behind. I, I I thought my team looked good on paper, but but then. I wasn't doing good most weeks. Also, the draft was an auction draft, which I'd never done before. And so I was worried about overspending early on, you know, higher end players. And so I found out, you know, I realized later on that I was going to have money left over at the end of the draft, which is kind of what you don't want to have. Oh, I remember that. No. Yeah. I remember that. No, I didn't say that you want for like a dollar or two but you know it's a lot of lower you know lower end guys so I did not uh I did not spend my money widely in the draft so it would be fun to to get in another dynasty league but start from scratch and start you know from a 
from a drafting standpoint to just to see how different maybe it would go for me this time around. Actually talking about the the draft, I remember uh, that it was auction and it's a slow auction. I remember it was like, there's 10 guys up on the board at once and you kind of submit your auction, but it's actually pretty stressful. Uh, I don't know. I like auction uh, startup or redraft, but I'm not sure what I think about auctions for for dynasty and with all the amount of players you got to track uh it was pretty challenging so yeah yeah i struggled with the draft i think uh it, i i you know the drafting process is obviously one of the funnest parts of um being in a league but but yeah i'd never done that type of auction draft let alone an auction draft in general so it was it was a learning experience for me for sure so I'm in a duplicate league, uh, exact same format with the, the commissioner who commissions this league, commissioned that league. He, he created both. And I had, I had cut my teeth on that league, same startup, you know, auction, uh, weighted towards running backs. And I went with like a balanced approach and I got, uh, I mean, one of my best assets at the time was Antonio Brown. And later I tried to sell him and I was getting like nothing no one was interested in Antonio Brown. And at the end of the year, I went back and, and like searched through like the scoring system and the top 25 players were all running backs. Like the, oh, wow. The, like the what, running back 24 or something like that was the, was better than wide receiver one scoring. And it's like, Oh my gosh, this is obscene. Yeah, that's uh, crazy. Yeah. I didn't realize it was that bad. Yeah, so, and I remember like telling you and my our other high school friend Brandon, uh, who we try to maybe get on sometime down the road, um, about that. And I remember seeing Brandon especially; he went really heavy on the running backs. Uh, but you you kind of laid back and, and and weren't as much. But I remember specifically thinking, I don't want to go in on these running backs, but I know I need to do something to give myself some advantage. So I snatched up a ton of high-end uh, wide receivers, which actually, uh, at the time, it wasn't Superflex. It was a team. Uh, it transitioned to Superflex just this last year, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think. Yeah, you're um, right. So quarterbacks were were not something people were prioritizing, and so I had actually good trade uh, assets in wide receivers, which was, has enabled me to be competitive. But you actually made the playoffs your first year. Yeah, you know, it's remember, I was funny. I was floored when you made as the playoffs. I thought my my draft was that was probably the best season that I had, and I, and I made some decent trades. Um, that's another thing that uh, was a little bit of a learning curve was was trades. Is in redraft leagues, you know, I feel like most leagues that I've been in, there's not a lot of trading going on. Yeah, maybe a couple here and there, but nothing like like this dynasty league has been there's it's just constantly trading either because guys are just getting bored or you know that's how you change your team you get stuck with the same guys for a long period of time and you you want to you know figure out how to make your team better and one of the best ways to do that is is trading and mm -hmm. and I made some decent trades but uh but then I made some bad trades and and I think I think one of my biggest downfalls was um, not trading guys when they had value and holding on to them a little bit too long and then trying to trade them when their value was, you know, much lower yeah. and, and being able to get back what I, what I could have gotten, you know, earlier. So I, that, that's kind of killed me. And, and speaking of Antonio Brown, I, I think it was the second year in the league. I, I traded a bunch of assets for Antonio Brown. You know, he was the top receiver basically at the time. And yeah. Uh, I thought I was contending that year, and um, <laughs> so I, I was trying to win and oh, no. didn't have the running back depth, but I, I thought I still had a shot. I think I had, like, Melvin Gordon. Um, I had a couple other decent running backs. I can't remember, but, um, but yeah, then, you know, this whole debacle with Antonio Brown started, and now I, I probably couldn't give him away for a draft pick. But, <laughs> but at the same time, like, well, his value couldn't be any lower. I guess I might as well just hang on to him and see – Right. If changes, maybe. I mean, he's still talented. Yeah. He hasn't forgotten how to run routes and catch the ball. Yeah. I, I would think he'll be back in the league eventually, but it's hard having a guy like that sitting on your bench and getting nothing out of him for yeah. sure. Gosh, what if, what if Green Bay, <laughs> not getting any wide receivers in the draft, 
snatches up Antonio Brown. That, that would be crazy. Terrible. I would hate that. I can't believe they didn't draft a receiver. I'm glad I'm not know. a Packers fan. Yeah. 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 That, someone's going to take take a shot at him. I know he's got a lot of baggage, but um, I don't know. Maybe he might have to sit out a year or something like that and prove that he's, you know, trying to change a little bit. But he's just too talented of a player, I feel like, to, to not play anymore. I know. I know. Yeah, you had some some tough times with Mel, Melvin Gordon holding out on you too. It's just compounded the compounded the problems. Yeah, I had, I remember I had a couple of good trade offers for Melvin Gordon when his value was still really high, and and now I I don't think his value is nearly that high. I think you've offered me a couple of trades, and they were probably fair, um, but it's I don't have a lot of depth at running back, so I'm you know it's hard for me to to part with even a. You know, who knows? He's, I guess, in a timeshare probably in Denver right now. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say. But I, I do need to – I need to, to to trade some guys, I think, that still have a lot of value, try to get some picks. Unfortunately, this year I only have two picks, and I don't have one until the third round. So this probably isn't the best year for me to rebuild. But <laughs> Yeah, you're going you're, you're gonna to be starting your rebuild next year maybe. But uh, yeah, we'll get to that um, because I've – I've I've been there. I've been in rebuilds where I thought it was going to take me three years. Um, so want to talk to you more about that. But then the league decided to transition into Superflex. I think it was like we get, we decided a year out to make the change. Um, so everyone kind of knew a year beforehand. Um, and for you, I'm sure I'm assuming you hadn't been in Superflex in any formats redraft before. So. No, I had not been. Superflex. Um, how how are you experiencing that uh, twist? Yeah, it's it's been. I guess um, it's definitely different. It's hard, kind of to. I feel like obviously quarterbacks are are much more valuable now. It's kind of hard to to play the quarterback versus running back game. Yeah. I think trying to decide which one is more valuable, um, and you know, is it worth it to hang on to some lower level quarterbacks in the hopes that they, you know, maybe get better? Like I'm, I'm pretty, pretty young at quarterback right now, but I wouldn't say I have any like top quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, I was really high on Baker Mayfield um, coming out of college. And uh, I don't remember if I drafted him or if I traded for him, but I got I, a lot of good trade offers. I traded him to you. You did. You're yeah. right. You're exactly. Um, I've had a lot of good offers for him, not not recently, but like early last year mm-hmm. before the season started. And I was like, nope, I'm all in on Baker Mayfield. And that was kind of the start of uh, my downfall last year. Um, and then I think I traded for Mitch Trubisky, hoping that he was going to mm-hmm. continue his upswing. And uh, obviously, you know, as a fellow Bears fan, you know how that went last year. Yeah, that's, that's uh, double heartache when he's on your fantasy team too. Yeah. I should have known better than to have a Bears player on my team, probably. <laughs> and I drafted Daniel Jones, who's got some upside, but you know the Giants' offense was pretty, pretty mediocre. And I like him. I like Daniel. Yeah, Jones. he's probably got the most upside. I guess Baker still has some upside. He's pretty talented, but yeah, you know, obviously the the whole Cleveland offense underachieved last year. So yeah, um, yeah. So I'm. I'm adjusting to it. I, you know, I, I, it doesn't seem a whole lot different to me other than, like I said, just trying to figure out how to value quarterbacks versus running backs right now. I'm kind of trying to figure out if, you know, running backs are still more valuable or, or what, but yeah. um, other than that, when you had Aaron Rodgers and you were trying to sell him and you were telling me, that no one was interested. This was maybe mid this off season, mid this last season while he was playing. Yes. I was shocked um, because when I listen to people on different podcasts talk about Superflex, it's like quarterbacks are the desirable asset that everyone's clamoring for. I'm <clears throat> sure Rodgers wasn't like the, you know, throwing darts like he used to, but it, it seemed all kind of circumstantial. They only had Devonte Adams and you know guys off the street like Jake Kumaro, yeah, uh, and, and Jeremiah Allison. I don't even know if he was, they were all injured. It seemed like 
And so it's like, this seems like not a fair representation of Rodgers, yet no one is trading you for him, and you need to get him off your team yeah. while he still has value, and yet there's no value there. I, I'm still shaking my head about that situation, and it, it's kind of telling me that in this league, people don't value quarterbacks like they talk about people should value quarterbacks in some of the industry podcasts. And so it's, I've started to like kind of adjust the way I approach the quarterback position thinking it's like, it's going to be impossible to get them. So I need to hoard them to now viewing it like, well, it's not streamable. You can't pull them off the waiver wire, but you could maybe make some trades that aren't as extreme in order to land a quarterback than what I've heard of in other leagues yeah i think that's really really well put and i think that's a, a really good representation of, of how i feel in the league too yeah it was so weird about midway through the season that is when i realized that um i wasn't going to contend for anything and and i thought hey you know there's there's a few teams that are contending that maybe want a top end quarterback like aaron Rodgers, you know either to play at the quarterback spot or in the super flex spot and I threw tons of flyers out there and uh, yeah, I don't, didn't think I was asking for too much. I even, you know, said, you know, throw me some trade offers, something that I was getting like third round pick offers. I'm like, yeah. that, that doesn't seem like, like that there's no value there. Right. So I think, I think you are right. I don't know if it's just this particular league with these particular uh, managers or, or if that's just in general with super flex leagues, if quarterbacks maybe just aren't valued as high as, you would assume they should be valued. I I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, uh, I follow a lot of what um, I know. There's this there's this guy named John Hogue, uh, and you can find him on Twitter at uh, Superflex at Superflex Dude, and he hosts a podcast called the Superflex Super Show. Uh, it's a really fun podcast. If anyone out there is familiar with it, you know it's good. You should check it out. If not, but um, he has this. He's got this strategy that. I, I, for the longest time, thought, no, this is this is not the way it is. In Superflex, you still can kind of do late-round quarterback drafting. You can you can ride with Tom Brady and Phillip Rivers and the previous, like, Andy Dalton kind of quarterbacks. You don't need to have Pat Mahomes and Deshaun Watson on your team. Uh, you, can, you can wait, get those late guys, and, and get the, the talent at the wide receiver in the running back position. Well, Hogue – John Hogue has uh, a different philosophy. He basically wants like five or six quarterbacks. He wants to suck the market by huh. of quarterbacks uh, and then like force people to, he wants to be the, he wants to be the quarterback trading store. So everyone has <laughs> to trade with him. Um, Interesting so, strategy. Yeah. And I, I, I play and play in free leagues. So I don't ever feel like, I'm risking something to do a strategy that I don't fully believe in, but I'm like, I kind of want to do that. <laughs> I want to see what happens. That's really interesting. It, I could see that really paying off if people are willing to, to trade with you. And yeah. that, yeah, that's a, that's a good idea. You, you on paper, it makes sense. Right. I also wonder if it, if the 10 team league thing is part of it because in a 12 team league, Every team needs three quarterbacks, pretty much, with their with your buys, and there's only that's 36. 12 times 36. So there's not enough quarterbacks to actually be that. But yeah, that's a good point. Teams, there is 30 quarterbacks that are starting quarterbacks, plus your other five or eight that you know are going to be streamable or something like that when injuries. Right. Come. Yeah. So I, I don't know if that's part of it. I don't know. So, uh, okay. Well, let's talk about what your uh, where your head's at as far as getting this rebuild uh, going. Um, clearly, uh, you're not in the first round of rookie drafts right now. So um, when do you want to, like, start uh, start putting your plan to action? And kind of what is your plan? If you haven't, haven't, haven't had one yet, like, feel verbal, verbally processed with me. Yeah, I'm kind of in that, in that spot right now. I've definitely been weighing my options. I, I – um, was thinking about trying to trade for for some picks in this year's draft but um yeah I you know I think getting uh getting a little bit younger I have a lot of like sort of older 
type veteran guys on my team that, you know, maybe their value is going to be decreasing in the next couple of years. Um, it's, it's hard for me being a competitive person to, to, to like, I don't want to say tank or anything like that, but it's hard for me to, you know, build for the future. I think that's one of the things that I'm struggling with in dynasty leagues is, is, you know, seeing potential in younger players and knowing that maybe they're not going to be good for a year or two, but in a couple of years, you know, might be really good. So it's a hard trade off for me. I, I'm not good at not trying to win every year, I guess yeah. you could say. Um, but that's kind of where I'm at. I think I was like three and 10 last year, which is pretty terrible. But um, I think the two previous years, I was kind of middle of the pack, which yeah. is probably, probably not the best place to be in a dynasty league. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I think I need to be a little bit more aggressive trading wise. Um, the last couple of years, I've kind of, I've, I've thrown a few trade offers out there, but I think most of my trades have been um, via you know, other people sending me offers and, and then, you know, doing some negotiating back and forth. Um, I noticed that you're pretty active on the trade market. So I think that's one thing I need to get more comfortable with and better at and just knowing how to value the guys that I have and maybe targeting a couple, um, you know, higher end guys that are, that are younger or look for guys that, you know, I think are, you know, maybe undervalued that I can get for, for a decent price. I, I can't say that I've pinpointed any of those guys yet, but uh, I do need to do a little bit more research. Um, but yeah, I'm planning on uh, being more active in the trade market. So yeah. since I don't have draft picks, that's about my only choice right now is to either, uh, either try to stockpile picks for next year or uh, yeah, I need to, I need to make some moves though. Yep. I, uh, I, I'm looking at your team right now. Uh, so Melvin Gordon, Baker Mayfield, Josh Jacobs. Uh, those are your headliners along with Daniel Jones. Um, and then in your wide receivers, they're pretty much all old. Emmanuel Sanders, AJ Green, Adam Thielen, um, Kenny Stills, Golden Tate, uh, and Tony Brown's still sitting there. Um, yeah. but, and then Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah. Uh, you, you do have, you've managed to hold on to next year's first or 2021 first. You have two 2021 seconds. Um, so it's gonna, it's gonna hurt, I think, Josh. Um, but I think you're probably gonna have to sell Melvin Gordon and Josh Jacobs. I know. And because yeah, it's not going to compete this year. It's not going to compete next year. And so you want to sell things that, you know, you can buy back Josh Jacobs two years from now. He'll be cheaper and he'll be useful to your team. Whereas right now, yeah. that's a good idea. Yeah, that's true. That's one yeah. thing I need to, I need to try to visualize that. Like you're good at doing that, knowing that yeah, in a couple of years, you could just get him back. That's hard for me to wrap my head around a little bit, but that's, I guess the nature of dynasty leagues. Yeah. Yeah. You don't really see that mimicked in NFL. And so we all want to be kind of NFL commissioners, but yeah. Um, we're only 12 teams, so or 10 teams, so you yeah, get the player back right. if you want to get him back. Um, and just hold on to your first and get other firsts or if you can. And then, yeah, as you are mentioning, like maybe you like – people are high on uh, – people were high on Paris Campbell. They were like a buy low in the offseason. Paris Campbell, buy low wide receiver. He's, a, he's going into his second year. He was a good NFL prospect. Um, he just, you know, didn't get off the ground his first year, which is very common. <clears throat> and then I think Indianapolis took – they take Denzel – no, that was the Jets. Who did the Colts take um, for a rookie wide receiver? Oh, man. You're talking about this year? Yeah. Oh. Uh, and it was someone that everyone was, was high on. Um, and so the conversation automatically, like, no longer is Paris Campbell to buy. It's this rookie wide receiver that's failing me. Um, well, in my opinion, rookie wide receivers are a terrible investment right now because yeah. we're not going to be in rookie OTAs. There's no, there might not be any OTAs. There might not be, there might be a very limited offs or, you know, spring training and spring uh, or what preseason. Um, and so it's like, if we don't project rookies, rookie wide receivers to 
to produce their first year. We certainly should not expect any of them to do hardly anything this year. And so if you were high on Paris Campbell before the draft and his stock just went down, go pick him up two years from now, T.Y. Hilton will be gone, and you might have the wide receiver one for the Colts on your team. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way to look at it. So there's there's players out there like that that I, yeah. I think are are an option to you. Um, I do like Adam Thielen though this year, right? It's like you look at your team and you're like, I mean, with AJ Green and Adam Thielen, if all the pieces fall into place, yeah, right. Josh Jacobs and Melvin Gordon could have good years. Will Fuller with DeAndre Hopkins being gone, like if he stayed healthy for a year, you could blow up. <laughs> Oh, that's what I think the last couple of years. It just hasn't panned out. Some of it's just bad luck, but yeah, but that's, you know, that's what makes it fun. If it was easy, you know, it wouldn't be as much fun. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. I'm enjoying it though. For sure, man. Nice. Oh, good. I was kind of like, you know, I want people who join these leagues to to enjoy it. So, um, so I did, I did a trade today in our league with Brandon. Did you see it? Yeah, well, he actually – he texted me. He's like, hey, man, uh, can, can you give me your opinion on this trade? Did I make a good trade or, or am I not – am I am I being stupid? And I, I looked at it. I thought it was pretty fair. I I was honest with him. I said, I think I think Nathaniel's side is a little bit better, but but I think it's it's fairly close. Um, okay, well, I, for the listener, I, I sent Michael Thomas, who uh, I'm – I'm, I went, this was the league I went high on wide receivers early. And so I've kept that strength. Um, I went Michael. Uh, so I sold Michael Thomas, Tyler Higby and a second um, for the 104 and uh, Adams, Devonte Adams, that's his name. Yeah. Uh, for the Packers. Did I get anything else? Yeah. Chris Carson. And Chris Carson. Yeah. Um, so in this run-heavy league, Chris Carson should have value. And in 104, I was planning on taking a quarterback. I was planning on taking Tua. Um, but then I just started thinking about my idea of the rookies will not produce this year and that Tua won't produce this year, and I can buy him next year if I still really, really want him. And my thoughts on quarterback being undervalued in this league, and I'm like, oh, I think I want J.K. Dobbins instead. So I switched. Basically, I was I had tried to click draft Tua, but the website was went down as I was clicking. <laughs> <laughs> so then when it came back up, I convinced myself to take Dobbins. So Uh-oh, man. uh it ends up being uh Dobbins and Devontae Adams and Chris Carson for Michael Thomas, who I love and I think he's gonna be what if he's Jerry Rice? I'll regret this if he ends up being the next Jerry Rice. Yeah, I I probably have him huh. as the as the top receiver in Dynasty right now, but yeah. Yeah, who knows what'll happen when Breeze is done in New Orleans. It could be could be a different story. I don't know. Yeah. I also didn't love that I was sending it to Brandon, who's got <laughs> the most stacked team on earth handed to him. That's it, not even fair. Yeah. I know, I know. That's why it's a, it's like it's a free league. He's not making money. <laughs> That's Brandon, true. If you're listening, you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> maybe buy me a six pack of beer next time you see me as a thank you or something. Yeah, very fair. <clears throat> um, so okay, let's talk about kind of what uh, what sort of dynasty player you are. You you said you're kind of not active in initiating trades, at least you haven't been. Looking like you might need to change that. Um. Are there dynasty specific websites that you're that you read or any you know radio programs that you listen to or anything like that? Um yeah, so I, I am trying to change, I guess, the type of dynasty player that I am trying to be more active. And and saying that I'm like not super active, I guess maybe isn't like the best way to put it. I do I check the league regularly, I check our like group chat regularly. Yeah. Um, I use a, what is it? I think it's just called like dynasty football league, DFL.com. Is that what it is? DLF? DLF. Yeah. I couldn't remember which, which dynasty yeah, yeah. League football. there's like a, like a form on there that I, uh, I oh, nice. check semi-regularly for like trade advice and, you know, player rankings and stuff like that. 
Um, there's this once I've never actually used a site for like information, but they have a, uh, like a dynasty trade calculator. I think it's like dynasty one Oh one is the site and okay. they have like an option for two quarterback leagues nice. and they update it regularly with like new player ranking information and stuff. I don't, I don't necessarily like, I don't know go by it 100%. But if I have a trade idea in mind, I'm like, ah, is, this a, is this a fair trade or is this a crazy idea? I'll, you know, punch in the players and just see what it spits out. And if it's fairly close to what I'm thinking, I'm like, ah, it must be, at least someone else thinks I'm not stupid. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, nice. so yeah, I do that stuff regularly. Um, but even when I come up with good trades, I don't always initiate them. So that's one thing I need to work on. Um, but yeah, I mean, I check like, I think Fantasy Pros is another site I use just to check like um, player rankings, like, yeah. you know, rankings and you can search by position and stuff like that. They got, um, they got Dynasty rankings on that site? Yeah, they do. Oh, okay. I might have to check yeah. that. Um, but as far as podcasts go, I guess yours is technically the only Dynasty podcast that I that I listen to. But Oh, uh, man. Well, that's a lot. I know, well, I need I need to yeah I need to get some more information. I think what are what are some that you like to listen to? Yeah, the uh, the Superflex Super Show is a good one. Uh, another one is the Dynasty Blueprint. There's a there's a guy named Ryan McDowell uh, who I think he is part owner of DLF.com Dynasty League. Okay. Uh, if not like a senior writer or something, but um, anything he does, I uh, I listen to. He is kind of my. He doesn't know it yet. Uh, never <laughs> talked to him. Uh, but he's a little bit my mentor. He also runs. Uh, he runs uh, mock drafts every month for Dynasty. Huh. Interesting. And you can join these by just he. They're early on in the month. He'll send out in Twitter on Twitter. You have to be active on Twitter. But so I follow him on Twitter, and he sends out like a hey, anyone want to do this month's you know May. Uh, DLF mock draft and he runs four of them and then he takes the averages uh, of each of those players and then posts it on DLS website for like what's the dynasty ADP for the month. Um, huh, that's cool. And so I like it because it's kind of feeling like I redraft every month. Sure. Yeah. Uh, because in dynasty, that's the one thing. Once you do the startup, like you never do it again. Yeah. Um, but if you do these mock drafts, it's kind of like, Hey, I get to do a startup <laughs> and it's just for fun. Um, and you can kind of like see like if I went running back in the first three rounds, what would my team look like? Or if I went quarterback in a super flex, they do a super flex uh, ADP as well. Oh, okay. Uh, and so if you do um, three, three quarterbacks in the first three rounds, is your team a train wreck? Uh, or, you know, what's it look like when in the ninth round you end up with AJ Green and you're like, what, how do I feel about my wide receiver core now? And, um, but I have Patrick Mahomes and, you know, Russell Wilson as my top two quarterbacks or whatever um so that's kind of fun in that way too it's 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 that it's got the redraft feel and you can kind of tweak and experiment and see what your team would look like um with different strategies in mind because i i am uh i am prone to a balanced uh strategy in a startup draft i want um i want kind of good quality all over the place whereas people who go running back heavy uh, or wide receiver heavy, uh, I, I, I struggle with the, those strategies. Um, and so it's kind of helped me like even think of different ways of team building than I would normally, my normal patterns. Um, but yeah, yeah are you, are you a balanced that's... guy or are you a, a wide receiver guy? What, 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 what do you want to do when you're doing a draft? Yeah. So I, I, I'd say I used to be more balanced. Um, but in the last couple of years, um, I've switched to more of like a running back heavy style um, because it seems like usually halfway through the year, I'm stuck with like one decent running back or like, you know, someone gets hurt or someone's not as good as you anticipated or, or whatever. Um, so I think like in redraft leagues, the last three, probably three years, I think I've gone like at least running back, running back, sometimes three straight running backs, you know, maybe, maybe running back, running back wide receiver, but usually my first two picks are running backs unless once in a while, if I'm like at the end of the first round and all the top, you know, six, seven running backs are taken, maybe I'll take like Michael Thomas if he's there. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, in general, I try to go running back heavy. It just seems like it's harder to to get running backs later in the year unless there's an injury or something like that. It seems like you can always find decent wide receivers. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, in, in most, like, standard leagues, quarterbacks aren't really that valuable. Right. There's not a difference between, like, you know, the number three or four guy and, like, the 10th the guy. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I usually wait on a quarterback. But, um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I might have to look into those, um, those dynasty mock drafts because I'd really like to try some different strategies um, in drafting dynasty and just kind of see what happens. I'm not sure, like, if I had – if I was starting in another dynasty league, you know, redraft style, I'm not sure what I would, what I would do. I, I think my inclination would be to go fairly balanced, but I guess like in the league that we're in, you know, when the scoring is running back heavy, I'm sure I would probably try to go running back heavy, but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. The, this league kind of takes away your opportunity to have a lot of nuanced strategies, which that's it's one drawback of this this format. I, I'm I'm pro half point PPR in general, and and not this run heavy style of scoring. Um, but I like the commissioner, and he ran a good league, and the people were active, and so it's it's still fun. Um, there's this you know there's different. I I would I would if I'm going to start my own, I would not go with this scoring system. Mm-hmm. Um, Have you all starting your own? I am. I have a commissioner of uh, the very first dynasty league I ever was in was the one I I commissioned. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I remember you talking about that. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So, That's awesome. Uh, but I I am currently at my limit of of five, so I won't be doing a, a startup because I'll just do the mock drafts. Uh, one more um, dynasty podcast I I recommend. Uh, there's another guy uh, that everyone calls Stompy. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at FF Stompy. And he, he's really entertaining. I also think he's, um, people kind of look at him as a bit of a, a goofball, but he's very smart. Uh, and so he's really entertaining. He's also opinionated. Sometimes I feel like it, these podcasts, everyone's kind of afraid to like call other people uh, wrong and stompy. <laughs> His name is Stompy. So he'll stomp on his <laughs> perspective. Um, is he's entertaining he's really smart and he does a a, a podcast uh called dynasty diagnostic with another guy named, uh, named Aton mosia uh you can find him at Aton mosia uh, i think um I, i'm active on twitter so people that's just i, don't, I know you aren't josh but for other people that they, they want to check these people out on twitter they're worth following for sure um but yeah so dynasty diagnostic dynasty blueprint and then um, the Superflex Super Show. Those are pretty much the three I listen to, and uh, that's probably too much, even. But I love <laughs> it, so it's my one hobby. So that's why. Yeah, good, good for you. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we got to set a goal for you, Josh. What's your one goal for, let's say, that you want to do to, to improve your team by the end of July? you've accomplished that goal let's let's try to get a goal for you oh that's a good question um i definitely would like to acquire um some more picks for next year maybe try to get try to get at least another first rounder i know i have my own first rounder still but um yeah i think maybe seeing if i can acquire another first round pick next year without just giving away half of my team i guess there you go. Uh, I don't know. What do you think I could get a first for Jacobs? That's probably fairly decent trade. Yeah, I would be asking for more than a first for Jacobs. Yeah, that's what uh, I thought. I think with Adam Thielen's current situation, if you added something else like an Austin Hooper, which a lot of people are excited about, and tight like tight end, I think of the most is it's less about are they talented, although that's part of it. There's the the coach and the quarterback uh, that all have to like be pro tight end and the tight end has to be good. And so Austin Hooper was very good this last year, but he's had a new team, uh, new chemistry. There's already a lot of targets with, you know, Landry, OBJ, Kareem Hunt. Um, And so 
I, I might package Adam Thielen and Austin Hooper and see if you can get it first. Yeah, that's that's a good that's a good offer. Definitely, I would I would make that trade. Yeah, I think I need to try to trade Thielen while value. Yeah, and like you said, he could have a year, but you know, in a couple of years, he's probably going to be on the downswing. So right, I feel like the next two years he could be he could be a top eight scoring wide receiver. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I'd say that's my goal. Try to acquire another first, and and uh, you know, also just try to, I don't know, maybe get a little younger, get get, trade some of my more veteran guys, and yeah, and so also to, just to be more pick active. Pick up the Paris Campbells of the world. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I got research. Yeah, yeah. Just this is what uh, Stompy. This he's like just the the wide receivers last year that went in like the first or second round of rookie picks um, that didn't do anything to make their name better, go pick them up this year. Hmm. Yeah, that's so a good trade. I'd say. They'll either be the same cost or less than they were last year, and their probability of doing better is, is much higher. Yeah. So, yeah, that's true. So go back and look at last year's who people were taking and see if you can't get young in, in those. Yeah, that's a good strategy. All right, Josh. Well, thanks for coming on the Dynasty for the Every. Hopefully, um, the listeners appreciate it. Kind of being in in it with Josh and, and thinking through how do you how do you tackle this uphill climb that is the rebuild uh, with yeah. you. So, thanks for coming on, Josh. Man, I really appreciate it. Thanks a lot for having me, man. It was great talking to you. Okay, so. As normal, I want to kind of recap what I learned uh, from my interaction, my conversation with Josh. And man, there, there was a lot there. I think, you know, initially, uh, both of us, it, when you go into a new format, it can be, it can be tough. Uh, and so my, my experience the first time in, in that Dynasty League with the heavy running back scoring and, and his compounded with the, the auction draft, slow auction draft in Dynasty, it's a, it's a lot. So uh, in a lot of podcasts, people always say, like, make sure you understand the scoring system and the format and how that influences things. And both Josh and I uh, have suffered from not doing that on the front end and a year later looking back and being like, oh, no, I made some mistakes here. Um, so make sure you do that before the draft or before you say yes to taking over an orphan. Um and then another thing he mentioned was just kind of, you know, he was he was all in on a couple players. Um, Baker Mayfield being one, uh, Melvin Gordon being another. And that is very common. People often will talk about, you know, buy low and sell high. Well, there's a reason that they're low, that you people don't want that player. There's reasons why he's a low-value player. There's reasons why... He's a high value player because he's going to score points and you, that's the goal, right? To score points. And so it can be very challenging. People, you have to be very disciplined, I think. And um, one way that I've found that to be a palpable strategy is uh, the idea of tiering. Uh, not with a you know, tier drop, but a T-E-I-R tier. And what I would do, sometimes I do this uh, without really putting the hard work together of actually writing down all the players, and sometimes I kind of just do it in my head. But uh, the Michael Thomas trade I made is an example of that. I viewed Devontae Adams as not as good as Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas uh, might be a transcendent talent on the Julio Jones, Megatron, Jerry Rice, Randy Moss level. and I don't think Devontae Adams is, but Devontae Adams is still in the same tier, in my opinion, as a Michael Thomas. And so I know that Michael Thomas had a great year and Devontae Adams had, an, you know, a solid but not really remarkable year. So you can tier down uh, within the same tier. You, you trade down within the same tier and get a lot more value simply because of the perceived value of the two different players, even though... I view them in the same tier. Uh, that's an example of how you can sell high on, on a player, get get value, um, and diversify your assets. Odds are that Michael Thomas is not going to break 
the record for uh, whatever it was. I can't remember if it was receptions or. Um, but I mean, he just had a career year, and so wanted to capitalize on that. And so when when he's got Baker Mayfield, who shows great a high upside in his rookie season, and all the the people are saying, "Oh, Baker Mayfield is legit." It's really hard for him to sell Baker Mayfield. So maybe uh, you you don't sell him just for you know draft picks, uh, but you sell him for a combination. You sell him for a quarterback that's in a similar tier, maybe at the time. Who could that have been? Um, I mean, you would have probably gotten Lamar Jackson plus a lot uh, for Baker Mayfield back when Lamar Jackson was he was a contentious asset. Um, obviously, that's cherry picking here, but uh, there are other players I can't remember off the top of my head what could be some other options. But uh, you could have you could have tiered it down, got a, a similar quarterback in production, but not the one that has the hype around him, and made your team better overall. So that's one way you can practically fight against the tendency to hold on high players and avoid the low players uh, and actually do um, buy low, sell high. Um, there was another thing, um, just in general, this uh, the idea of waiting for trade offers to come to you versus opening trade talks. Uh, I think that's very common and most of that stems from that insecurity to not be made making a fool of yourself when you try to make a trade. You don't want to just get destroyed in a trade because you were way off in the value and the guy just totally took you. You also don't want to be perceived as this guy who's just sending really, really bad trade offers. Now, I actually have that reputation, <laughs> uh, but that's because I send a lot of trades and um, I, I just don't know what other owners are thinking. And some people like to have conversations before they send trade offers. I like my first thing to be sending the, the offer. And then um, if it's close enough having a conversation from that, some people think it's just so far-fetched that they don't want to have a conversation about it. And that's fine. Um, but I think, it, I think it's advantageous to be the one that makes the first actual offer versus when people will come to you and say, hey, I, I want... X player, what would you want for him? That's putting the ball in that person's court to define the starting point of of the negotiation. And I, I find, I, I don't remember where I heard this, but I think it's true that the opening offer, if it's legit enough to be, to not like make it a conversation, puts the ball in your court. You're the one that's defining kind of the, this, the value level of a playing field. You're kind of you're making the playing field a little bit, and from then they they navigate within the playing field that you have built. Um, so I think it's best to be the initiator of a trade offer, not just I'm interested in your player, but hey, I think uh, giving these two picks is worthy of your player. What do you think about that? Um, and so you're actually giving specific assets that you would give in return, I think is an advantage when making trades. So um, that does mean that you want to get some opinions. That's why I think Twitter is great. Josh mentioned the DLF forum is a fantastic resource of a bunch of people who played Dynasty for a long time. For the first two years of my playing Dynasty, I was very active on that forum because it was just it was really helpful. Um, Twitter is a little bit more real-time feedback, but also you're getting feedback from people who maybe don't play in Superflex or they don't play in Dynasty in general, or they're they're Broncos fans and so they love Broncos players. You know, there's there's other things that are uh, that is going on in Twitter that make it a little bit harder to to judge. So if you find a, a forum like the DLF forum, it's a great option. Tra he mentioned Dynasty trade calculators also very helpful kind of making sure you're like yeah i'm in the ballpark of what and usually those dynasty trade calculators are more market-based in their value assessment so they they're pulling from different websites uh that are specific dynasty you know fancy websites and kind of calculating values from them so there isn't it's not so blind as it might seem there's some really thought put into a lot of those the dynasty trade calculator um is a great one i know Dynasty League Football has a trade calculator as well, which is, uh, I 
I use sometimes. Uh, I think it's I think it's good. Um, and then yeah, lastly, and and as I mentioned with Josh, like you need to have a goal. And depending on how active of a owner you want to be, could be dependent on how many goals and in what time scale you're looking at. For Josh, he's got June and he's got May, June and July and August uh, to make a few moves. And then uh, he maybe only makes one or two in those four months. So if you have one goal for a two-month stretch, that's that's not very active, but it's also very doable for what his level of focus is to it. He's actually a fairly uh, active owner, just not um, uh, as there's people that are hyper hyperactive owners. Um, and I'm not really one of them, but I am more active than most people in my league leagues. Um, all that to say is give yourself a goal and don't feel like you need to accomplish that goal tomorrow, but, you know, find in the next month, a chance to look at your team, come up with a goal and, um, try to try to execute it in the, in the next month. And so that you've accomplished that goal, you know, by the end of June or something like that, uh, could be something, uh, oh, and I remember now the, the wide receiver from the Colts that got drafted, the rookie, Michael Pittman was his name. I could not remember it. Um, and then I went in on, I wanted to make sure, uh, I got Aton's Twitter handle, right? Cause I, I think I butchered it. It's, uh, Aton Alive. Um, E-T-A-N-A-L-I-V-E. Um, so you, you can find him. He, he runs the Dynasty, Dynasty Diagnostic podcast with FF Stompy. So um, he's a good he's a good follow. And he's a, he's a really good uh, host as well. I really like the way he does things. Uh, anyways, uh, there was a lot of other things there. Josh and I ended up talking for another like 10 minutes about about Dynasty afterwards. I just didn't want the, the podcast to go super long. So um Yep, thank you for joining me, and we will see you next time on Dynasty for the Every.